Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Hadjis and Georgi Hadjis, welcome to Worldie. The boys are back on the pod. It's episode 42 of the Worldy Podcast. That's right. You are right to be excited, Andrew Roberts. I am. And with us once again, John Scott. Hello. So, the season has begun and stuff has happened. We're going to talk about the games, but first we're going to finish off the transfer stuff because Reading being very late to the party did all of their transfer stuff in the two days before the end of the transfer window. Yep. We signed a load of players that has had very, very little impact on our ability to win football matches, but... Those players, Andrew, are very exciting players. Okay, then, go on then. Mainly because we've signed some players that sound like they're going to be good. Um, okay. So we've signed... Well, a, that's exciting yeah, enough. Yeah, we've signed a midfielder called Pele. Well, I mean, that's reasonably How exciting. How can he not be good? Uh, <laughs> He's literally um, Pele. I've got, I've got the same name as a 1980s West Indian fast bowler. You do, and the build. Yeah, the exactly. Same, same, um, right? and, and I am as good as he is. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Nominative determinism, he cannot be bad. You're as good at lower league football commentary as he was at bowling the fast balls. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Yes. <laughs> so let's hope that the, 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 the normative determinism works for, for young Mr. Pelé. Yeah. Uh, midfield fella, uh, Portuguese, played with under our manager when he was at Rio Ave and helped them get into European places with, Rio, with little Rio Ave. Okay. Well, so that's quite cool. Well, 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 so that's then. quite interesting. And then we've signed a fella. Now, this one is generally, genuinely exciting. Probably the best, like, player... I can ever remember Reading signing. On in theory, is this guy? Right. Is, that, is it the king? Yeah. Is this guy George Puskas, who is okay. not only named after a, a Hungarian legend, yeah. but is himself a a, 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 a huge talent uh, who played? You might remember anyone that watched the England Under Twenty One tournament last year. He terrorised England Under Twenty One when we played Romania, and looks like a genuine fucking talent. This boy. Right. So that so, is super so, exciting. So where's he been then? He's Inter. So he was at Inter. He okay. was purchased from uh, a smaller club. I can't remember exactly where. From Inter for quite a decent amount of money, and then he was like on the fringes of being on the bench. You know, right. I can imagine what it's like at Inter. There's not really much yeah, opportunity, yeah. Um, but he's still only 23. I think they realised that he wasn't going to break into that team, so they cashed in on him. He wanted specifically to play in England. And there were a few mm-hmm. clubs sniffing around, and unbelievably, of all the clubs that was that were sniffing around, he chose Reading. And I think probably part of this is the fact that all of a sudden, the the owner who said they had all this money has now started to spend the money because we've found some <laughs> loophole in the FFP that's allowed us to spend some money now. Right. Whether this means we're going to be in massive trouble well, next you, year is a whole other but you, thing. You can't be there, surely, because you're still having to ask teacher for permission, aren't you? Yes, so, so, we so are. They, they're not going to sanction something that would get you in trouble mm. under FFP later, surely? No, it seems it's one of these things that's actually quite hard to find any information about, yeah. exactly what the limitations are and what your club can do. But the sort of rumours that I'd seen various places online were that we, we are allowed to spend up to about £22 million. Fuck yeah. Yeah, by July of next year, oh without God. breaking any rules. And we spent 17 in three days leading up to the transport. Uh, it's unbelievable. I can't remember the club in the last 
four or five years spending any money really at all of any value except on Sonny Aluko. We don't mention that. <laughs> but now we have a new record signing in George Priscus. So that is very, very, very exciting. Eight, eight million, wasn't it? Around that, with mm. some extra boni on top, okay. and we signed a fellow from Sheffield Wednesday. And this could oh, be eight million. You spent eight million. I know it's mad, isn't on it? On one player, Jesus, it is absolutely Christ. mad. I'd, I... We could buy our stadium for that. <laughs> it's crazy, That's isn't ridiculous. it? Ridiculous. It's absolutely crazy. Well, so this is this is Die Young. So so there was a hashtag going around on Twitter after this: Live Fast, Die Young. So he is now everyone's super happy with the guy <laughs> right, okay. after he's put his hand in his pocket. Um, but we shall see. So we so we signed him for about eight nine million, and then we signed another striker from Sheffield Wednesday. And this is an interesting one because I reckon this will make a good pub stat because Lucas Zhao, who is playing for Sheffield Wednesday, played against us in the opening game of the season and scored against us. We then signed him. And he scored for us in the following match yesterday. Oh, there we go. So I reckon I'm going to save that one up. Which Reading player scored in one game for uh, against his team and the next game for it? I think that's pretty rare. That it's is. a good stat, though. That yeah, one. it's good in Is it a stat or is it a fact? Uh, uh, a fact. fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. Yeah. It's a st- fact. If I added the number of goals on, <laughs> yes. would it become a stat? Uh, do you know what? I don't care. I think we need a rule, a special rule. <laughs> we need VAR on that. We'll get yeah. to VAR later. Um, um, so, yeah, so Reading did a bunch of business well, in the so transfer we've window. Loads. We've done a load as well. Go on. So, um, I mean, one of the, we did. I didn't mention a couple of players uh, in, in the last one, but um, we've got uh, Elliot Moore, who's a big, really big centre-half from Leicester's under-23s. Um, okay. So he looks like, to all the world, like he's a decent prospect. He's been playing in Belgium for the last year and has played a lot, okay. um, which is really good um and he uh he has joined us he hasn't played yet so he signed sorry no he has he played he signed at the start of august two days later he came on in the 94th minute against sunderland okay. um, and he didn't feature on saturday just gone in the one uh, nil victory over peterborough um so i i, I don't know whether or not it's a fitness issue or whether carl Robinson's just waiting time for him to bed in it's quite yeah. an important part of the pitch so um good i mean John Massino seems to be doing a pretty good job there. So, I mean, we haven't conceded from open play yet. So, yeah, I mean, that's very a nice. Start. So, yeah, so Elliot Moore um, looks like a good signing. We can do um, Elliot Moore and Liam Moore then for an intro. We could do. So yeah. that's a bonus. And talking of intros, Easy we've one. got uh, Dan Adji, who yes. uh, who was uh, presented, it was announced and presented to the players just prior to the game against Peter on Saturday, the home game. Did you um, use some kick-ups? Uh, he didn't know because I think we should start introducing the kickups. Well, no, they the started doing that. Is the halftime entertainment? They used, oh, really? they used okay. to just try and get pl- fans to do like the yeah, um, kick crossbar, a ball through a crossbar, the crossbar, crossbar challenge. Crossbar. Yeah, no. from from outside the penalty area. They now started doing keepy uppies, okay. which which was we were saying massively limits the amount of people who are actually going to really be able to take <laughs> yes, part because yes. anybody can have a go at kicking a ball at That's a bar, true. but actual kickups is you know well it's over before it begins, isn't it? Yeah, my my kick, have, my kick up tally is usually one. Yeah. One. And there was one lad. <laughs> one. There was one lad. He he was a bit like that. Bless oh, him. Uh, but every time he mucked it up, he then leathered it into the goal. So <laughs> he did all right. Um, so uh, no, so he didn't do that. But one of the reasons I think that, and, and this is, I've heard from a couple of sources uh, that he actually failed his medical because he's got broken foot. Oh. Um, so there is there's definitely some some caginess from the club as to whether or not he's going to be featuring. Yes. Imminently. I have a question on that. Mm-hmm. Just as a little aside, because of all the transfer stuff, and you, it's the only time of the year you ever hear about the passing a medical yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And that's the question that I have: is 
when they do the medical, are they testing for long-term injuries and all that stuff? Yeah. And can can you be signed with an injury and they like you fail the medical technically because you've got a broken leg or whatever, but they see the, they see that you've got enough potential they're going to bring you on anyway. Well, I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's ultimately at the club's discretion, isn't it? The buying club's discretion. It's 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 up to them. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure every club is different as well. The way the way that they test players, you know, put them through their paces, I guess, ultimately um, is probably different yeah. for each um, club. There, there was a there was a famous case where um liverpool were very close to signing neville fekir oh the cheeky fekir cheeky fekir uh a couple of years ago um and um he ended up failing his medical liverpool uh liverpool's medical staff were worried essentially about a previous knee injury that he yeah, had there you go and i i I'm guessing they they weren't convinced that the injury was not going to be a persistent yeah. problem. Yeah, see, I guess that's what it's about, right? It's it's more like, are they susceptible to injuries rather than have they got any outstanding problems? I mean, I think it's also a negotiation thing as well because I imagine... Um, so Dan Adji, we've got him from Burnley, yeah. um, I think for a fee, um, and he... It's 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 almost certain that we you know we've got basically they've they he's come in he's gone through his his you know his his medical test um, we've spotted he's got a broken foot but they've looked at it and thought well actually that you know three weeks he's probably going to be back up and running yeah um, but they've gone back to Burnley and say this play you've tried to flog us <laughs> yeah. is fucking crocked yeah it's like, um, it's like when somebody sends you something on eBay and you were like you said fully working iPhone exactly. you lying bastard exactly so we've gone back to Burnley and say it's got a crack in the screen oi you guys what you're trying to pull yeah um, and then gone back to reduce the amount we've paid for him I suspect I suspect that's how it works because yeah broken foot is not a long term no, injury but point. having said that we've 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 bought Christ knows how many players who do have long term <laughs> yeah. injuries and mm. massive injury record. I mean, Rob Hall is a classic example. We brought him in whilst he was in the middle of a long term injury, yeah. knowing full well that he was a long term prospect and wants, you know, yeah. and, and, you yeah. know and, we, yeah. and, and, and sure enough, he's spent most of his time here Crocked. injured. But having said that, I wouldn't change it for the world because I bloody love him. Oh, so, that's nice. so that's fine. That's nice. Yeah, so there is a bit of that. So, yeah, so. So yeah, don't know when he's going to start, but he's a he's a he's a striker. He's an oh, out striker, which, which we do definitely need. Yes. Um. Uh. And uh. I think I think I've probably mentioned everybody between last yeah. week's show and this week's. Um. One other person there is some chat about at the moment is uh is Matty Taylor, Bristol City's Matty which Taylor. Which one's that? So there's a lot the, of Matty yeah. Taylors. <laughs> so actually, do you know what? I just before I came over, I thought I'd double check which ones which are one which. Is, so yeah. I, I I knew which one this one was, but which ones are which. Okay, so, let, let, before you do that, mm-hmm. when you think of a Matty Taylor, John, which Matty Taylor do you think about? Uh the main one that where, where did he play? Newcastle? Or see, I think of the Portsmouth man. Yeah, oh, that's, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, the one who's great like, left foot, amazing yeah. left foot. Because kept scoring goals from over the halfway line. Yes, yeah. That's the Matty Taylor I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah, so he's the most famous one because he's the one who spent a long time in the Premier League, played for yeah. West Ham and in, in, in Portsmouth and stuff around like that. forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is. He was the one. He was the chap who was. Um, on an interim basing basis, managing Swindon, so he finished. That's his, right. Yes, he finished yeah. his career at Northampton, and then at Swindon, um, and then 
Uh, he was managing Swindon temporarily. He's now managing the Spurs under 18s. Okay, so um, it's, not is, that Matty Taylor, it's not that Matty Taylor. Because I thought there would be a Swindon situation there, perhaps. Yeah, so it's not that Matty Taylor. There's another Matty Taylor who's now currently the Exeter City manager. He yep. took over from uh, Paul Tisdale. Yes. Um, he has he bounced around the lower leagues for a long time. We've played him. We played against him quite a few times, but he's just unrelated. I think he's Scottish. No, he's Scouts. I think. Okay. Um, and then there's this Matty Taylor, right. who, like the other Matty Taylor, is from Oxfordshire okay. um, and he but this guy actually played a handful of games for us as a substitute in 2007 2008 right. came through as a youngster um, and then we just went you're not good off enough go point. away you're not good enough we yeah. rejected him we cast him aside <laughs> he went off to Didcot he went off to North Lee yeah. um, and I can't remember where. anyway he ended up back in the Football League possibly via Bristol Rovers um, and then on to Bristol City which yeah. made him enemy number one uh, at the Memorial Stadium sure um, and yeah, and so he's been at Bristol City. He, I think we offered him something um, quite recently. Frankie and Benny's gift card. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Damn he Howie. turned us down. And so obviously all the twats on, on social media are like, a snake, he's a snake. <laughs> um, he didn't, because he, he didn't sign for it. It's his boyhood club, he's a snake. Um, even though we cast him aside and said you're not good enough for football go away and yeah. don't darken our doorstep again so you can understand why he wouldn't yeah. particularly want to come to Oxford um, but yeah so he so he was at the game on Saturday he was photographed in the tunnel talking to Carl Robinson um, as, as, uh, as Rosie pointed out if he's if he's that brazen he's being photographed in the tunnel with him it's, yeah. it's probably unlikely he's about to sign a deal sure um yeah, but yeah. if it if it is we it's, it's like we think it's probably likely to be a loan deal but but this is all just speculation because he happened to be at the game that didn't necessarily mean anything um but he would be so he's another striker so that would be good um because we'd suddenly have goals coming from somewhere so you yeah, know so yeah, so lots lo lots of activity i think uh it came very late for oxford um, people were getting pretty stressed and worried. It seems like um, most of the transfer activity this time happened very late yeah. in the window. There were a lot of clubs in League One who did a lot of work very early. Okay. Um, so, and, and that was one of the reasons why I was, I mean, I was concerned just because everybody yeah. else was doing it yeah. really early at, at our level. But, um, but no. So they, we got a lot of people in over the line quite late on. Um, so yes, yeah, so enough. We, uh, I mean, I, I, I still think we're a bit light in defence. To be honest with you, I think we. Couple of injuries. And How old is John Messina now? John Messina is like thirty-six. Because yeah. he's so not his... going to be able to play every game. It was his. Minutes, it he? was his five hundredth game. Oh, um, yesterday oh, on Saturday man. rather. Um, yeah. So he. Um, yeah, so he's pretty old. Um, but no, I mean, but to be fair, it's going to be Rob Dickey and Elliot Moore who will be our main centre okay, halves, okay. and Rob Dickey's playing absolutely yeah, brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're probably going to be our two key centre halves. But, nice. but our only backup is John Massinho and and like Nico Jones, who's seventeen. Um, so I, I, I still think we're a little bit light there. Um, I think we're still light up front as well. If we get Matty Taylor in for a season, yeah. Um, then I think we're we're in in a much better position. So, so. let's talk. Let's talk briefly about uh, the Peterborough game. Then, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. then we'll get on to some Reading stuff, and uh, then the bulk of this show is going to be me. Getting very angry about some stuff that happened on the television yesterday, because because we because we don't talk about that enough. We we, we don't. So yeah. let's get, let's make sure we fill another <laughs> half an hour with that. Uh, yes. So Peterborough, Oxford, yeah. United with a very nice one nil home win. Yeah. A lovely strike from um, Branners. As it was, yeah. So Peterborough, lovely Peterborough, one of the big spenders over the summer. They brought a lot of big names in. The posh. And, yeah, and they 
are Darren Ferguson, so oh, Sir Alex Ferguson's yeah. uh, son is their manager, who's an absolute bellend. Yeah, um, I remember and, him knocking around. Where was he knocking around before? And generally being a bit of I a don't dick. know. He, he he goes to and from Peterborough every yes, other season. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he was. It, we had a fun situation. I think it was last season where um, they had been time wasting that asses off like i mean they're time wasting their asses off and it went into injury time and then it was like four minutes were given or something yeah and then they then one of their players spent two and a half minutes three minutes on the floor right like rolling around pretending to be injured and then we scored a winning goal um in the 96th minute say and then he was afterwards absolutely bellowing like mad about the fact the amount of extra time and like obviously Jesus everybody Christ. enjoying the irony of injury time Beautiful. Um, but also the reason why the injury time was extended because his players were bloody delaying the game yeah, yeah. so what a twat yeah um but yeah so they spent a lot of money um and um so they, they they've been kind of lauded up as one of the you know the, the big Favorites. hopes for this season mm. they lost both their first two games and honestly i i, I think they look really fucking ordinary mm. uh, against well us. yeah but, you, you sent the message on the whatsapp after about a minute and you were like we're going to win this game yeah um but having said that they um they did look pretty ordinary but actually i think part of it is we made them look pretty ordinary yeah, we, we bossed it we really did it was a really assured solid um, high, high energy but kind of controlled performance. Yeah. Um, James Henry, um, who was kind of playing in middle, kind of a number tenny kind of role, but maybe a bit deeper than that. Uh, just the puppet master pulling the strings left, nice. right, and centre. He was he was an absolute colossus. Um, really, really good. Um, typical kind of like harebrained kind of running around. Yeah. Um, thing from Jamie Mackey. Um. Uh, Tariq Fosu, who's the, yes. the winger from Charlton, so um, he scored in the first game. He looks pretty good. He, I, I like the look of him. Um, he, he's one of those classic winger. Looks like he's probably going to be a little bit wasteful yeah, um, yeah. from time to time, but he he carried a threat. Nice. He carried a threat every time he went forward. Um, ben Woodburn, I think, didn't really kind of get into the game as much as he probably wanted where was to. He, where was so he, he was kind of exactly? sort of playing. He and he and Fosu kind of switched quite often. So he started wide. Um, of a three, okay. um, and just Mackie in the middle doing his Mackie thing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. But but Fosu and Woodburn switched quite a lot, so Woodburn would come back into the middle in a kind of kind of midly yes. kind of thing. So it, it was all a bit fluid. Um, nice. But um, yeah, so he but but yeah, so he was struggling a little bit to to make a huge impact in the game. I mean, he looked tidy enough, and he got himself into some good positions, but didn't really. But that, that I think there was evidence that they were targeting him a little bit as okay, well, yeah. because of you know because because he's from Liverpool. Yeah. Um. So he um. But he he missed an absolute sitter. Oh dear. An absolute sitter. Um. And uh. But you know that's football. Yeah. Um, I think he yeah, yeah. a little bit of pressure on him. Um. But yeah, he really should have. He, he was basically because of a ricochet. He ended up like him, just him and the goalkeeper, yeah. and the whole goal to aim at. And he and he just leant back, and and leant over back, the bar, back all the way over here, and up and over it oh. went. Yeah, so I, yeah. you've you've got to still remember that he's a young player. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, but you know. He is a young player, but he also <laughs> comes from Liverpool. He's a Wales international. I think a Wales a Welsh international striker with a whole goal to aim at should mm. be making the goalkeeper 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We've I mean, seen I'm, some bad misses over the over the years from some very good players. Yeah. So it's no indication that he's, that, that he's no, 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 not at all. Right? But it's it's not great for your confidence when you. Uh, no, but I mean, I mean, one. everybody's everybody's going to give him. You you give him give him a couple of gimmies, yeah, sure. don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you just yeah, say, yeah. well, look, you've had it. You, you know, if he does, if he's he's doing that every game for half the season, yeah, then it's an issue. Yeah. yeah. Do, you remember, yeah. do you remember that Tupo moting? Miss I, the, from last season. Yeah, the two promoting one yeah. was was Un- quite miraculous. I mean, it was unreal. P- uh, Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, the ball was going in the net. <gasps> oh, it was yes. literally on its and way yes. into the net, and he somehow <laughs> stopped stopped the ball. It seemed physically impossible uh, uh, what he did. <laughs> it's quite magical, really. It, it, it's worth looking up if, yeah. if people I mean, that, haven't seen it. Well, look get, it up. Get on the um the the Twitter account at Worldy. I'll post it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll um, post the cheap promoting. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, another shout out. We do mention this guy quite regularly. Yeah, uh, but. It seemed like Simon Eastwood had yet again a very good game. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have to do a massive amount, to be perfectly honest I with you. I saw he pulled off a fantastic top corner oh, save at one yeah, point. Yeah. Bit showy. Bit showy. But it's just <laughs> yeah, showboating there. the cameras, yeah, yeah, yeah Hollywood yeah. save. No, yeah. it was it was a good save. Um, it was it was going top corner. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he could have jumped, got his hand behind it and... Turned it, okay, but, but yeah, yeah. He, he did but, the full super. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was a very, it was an excellent. Is he Oxford's save. best ever goalkeeper? Um, I, I'm the wrong person to ask for that. Yeah. To that because most of the goalkeepers that I've watched Oxford United <laughs> have been absolute dog shit. Um, so so maybe so is the uh, I yeah. I mean we've obviously played at a significantly higher level. So yeah, so, yeah, you know, sure, okay. So yeah. we're probably going to have. Had he's got a load of cancer. He's, he's a stalwart now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he bit. is. Yeah, four but, seasons but, or something. Yeah, but I mean he's not. I think I think there's a danger of him going. Oh really? Yeah. If yeah. he's that good, yeah. why hasn't a club come in for him? Well, yet? Blackburn, Blackburn reportedly Kate, were were sniffing around him because right. he actually came from Blackburn. He was their sub goalkeeper when we took him off him. Gotcha. Um, but so there, so there's reports that they were sniffing around him over the summer. Yeah. Um, but then they signed somebody else um, in goal, so they actually found another goalkeeper. So, um, that yeah, so there is indication that people are looking looking at him. Right. One, but one of the reasons is he just recently signed a three year contract, okay. um, and so he's on a he's he's on a reasonably long deal. So we're not going to let him yeah, get cheaply. Nice. Yeah, so that's good. That's another reason. Decent why. bit of management. There. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so he. Um, yeah, but going back to Woodburn quickly. Yes. Very very shortly after his his miss, he did have a really a really fantastic shot from outside the penalty area. Um, but it kind of swerved because it was really really windy, and it kind of swerved, and he got a bit of swerve on it. And the goalkeeper didn't really know how to handle it, but he got his body behind it, and then the goalkeeper did what, what I'm I'm calling the the very first the world's first power chest save, <laughs> where it was he just got behind it instead of like catch, catching it or or anything, he just. <laughs> like that and like he's got his chest in and chested it amazing and I just, I just the weirdest thing did, did, I've did, ever seen did in it my get life in the box his chest yeah, yeah it went fucking mild it went to orbit <laughs> like it, I brilliant mean, just the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life ultra um, chest power yeah. chest save love it but yeah so really uh, it was a, a solid assured positive very very good performance from Oxford United we um I think the most encouraging thing, I mean, no, it's still early days yet. I don't want to get too carried away. The most encouraging thing for me is that the two areas where I think we're weakest are at the back and at the front. And we have scored in both games and we've only conceded one from open play. So I think if we get some strikers, we'll up our goal rate because that single goal uh, a game isn't going to 
get you promoted yeah. you know um not necessarily think we're talking think we're thinking about that right now but you know what i mean yeah um yeah. so you want to score a few more than one a game um so so with the extra strikers that's that's a bonus and given that we are currently sort of as weak as we're likely to be all season at the back yeah, um still. you know touch wood no injuries um we've effectively kept two clean yes. sheets because one of them was there. The only goal we've conceded was a penalty. So, yeah, so the two weakest areas, I think, have both been pretty good. Nice. So so it's a it's a good, solid start. Very pleased um, and a bit of confidence. And there's, you know, there's a lot more positivity around the club yeah. and the fans and stuff like that, um, which is nice to see because that helps the guys on the pitch. I think it's all quite fragile. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. think it would take much for it all to come. That's what it felt like last down. season. It was little peaks and troughs. Yeah, it? it was. Yeah, and when when and when the troughs came, everything went horribly wrong. Went yeah. horribly, horribly well, wrong. It's, um, it's just like you were talking about um, before with Matthew Taylor. Football fandom is 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 just hyperbole, isn't it? Yeah, it's it it's is. when it's bad, it's the fucking worst thing ever. And when it's good, it's amazing. Yeah, I think in in and I've. Um, I've hit the, in the past. I've criticised um, the club for its uh, lack of PR. Yes. I think towards the end of the Daryl Eels regime, and I think at the start of the Tiger regime, I don't think the PR was very good from the club at all. Um, I think they have got a better handle on it. They've done some bits which, because um, I sort of work in a similar field, as they've done some bits and pieces that I I can see have been uh, I can see a PR exercises, mm. Mm. but they've all worked really well. Um, and you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna criticise for that. It's it's all really positive stuff. The only really frustrating thing for me is that um, they didn't have any of the the kind of the um, the white kit with the the away uh, kit with the sash. Yeah. There. Didn't have that nice. in my size. Oh, that would be cool. A bit upset, but right. Well, uh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's good so stuff. we're gonna take a very very quick break, and then when we come back. We're gonna talk about another excellent start to the season. <laughs> if you're talking about continuing from last. Uh, so we will take a very, very short break and we'll be right back. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. So, Catuso <laughs> then describing Reading's form. Uh, <laughs> after a very, very exciting transfer window, probably the most exciting transfer I can ever remember as a, as a fan, um, we were all very excited mm. about... Playing some football and winning games and scoring goals. None of those things happen. Well, one of them sort of happened. Uh, we uh, lost again. And it was once again down to a goalkeeping error that occurred within like two minutes of the start of, a, of an away game that was already going to be a little bit tough. And this fella um, who we spoke about last week being a little bit small... Yes. And looking a little bit fragile uh, in the first two games, in the uh, friendly against Chelsea and then the first game of the season. Uh, and he just, oh, I'll post it. I, I, well, I retweeted the other. It's one of those ones that's just like, you watch it and you just don't know why it's happened. I mean, or how it's, it's happened. It, he, he literally passed it to him and he sort of went down. And it was the one where you clutch it to your chest, you know, just clutch it to the chest. But it sort of went through his arms, through his middle, 
through his legs and just into the back. Of the and it's not like it's a front post as well. It's his near post, isn't it? And it's that it's that classic never, thing. Never should be beaten. At ne- the near don't post. get beaten at your. It's near almost post. physically impossible because yeah. you think enough of his body would have touched yeah. the ball to deflect it on the post or something. Um, in fact, it was I, brutal. I, the game, I, I I actually showed the video that you posted, you put on the uh, on the, <laughs> yeah. the WhatsApp, and I showed that to 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 my friends, and I think the phrase was, "Well, how's he done that?" I mean, <laughs> like. Actually, credit, credit to him because he managed to let the bat ball go through where there was no room for it to go through, which oh, is, is quite a talent. Yeah, it, it really is. is. It is one of those where you watch it and you keep watching it and you watch it again and again and every time you're amazed that it happened. I mean, yeah. so good for him. Good I mean, for him. Yeah, he's done fine work there. Uh, so we went, and then we conceded another one because the team was a little bit flustered at conceding that early goal and Hull were on the uh, on the attack. It was only about 10 minutes later as well. Yeah. but Free, then, free header... And then we came back and we, and we won the second half 1-0, as we talked about with, uh, with um, what's his name, the new fella there, Lucas Shaw, picking up a goal, which was a very nice goal. We played some good football. But the damage had been done. Mm. And Pushkas came off the bench, then hit the bar. Mm. We had a penalty denied. So we've, I don't think we, it's not that we've started the season badly. We've had a bit of bad luck and we've not been able to get, you know, to get past that. I mean, uh, uh, as you say, I think... It could have been a lot worse. I don't think we've played that badly. There have been a couple Zero of... from six is pretty bad, isn't well, it? That, it? Yeah, all right. <laughs> from a purely sort I mean, of like points from perspective. That perspective. From a points yeah. perspective, actually, couldn't be worse. Yeah, exactly. We literally, we literally couldn't have done any worse. No. But if you actually look at the game, uh, you know, we, we it's not like we were completely outplayed and it's not like we lost both games 4-0 or something. There's There's reason to be... To be optimistic. Can I yeah. can I can I just say that was that was that was the cry of, of so yeah, many Oxford yeah. fans um uh, at the start of last season and it took us till October to amass the points that oh, we've no. got after two games. Oh, so boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I mean I, I appreciate your your kind of desire to look for crumbs of comfort where you can, but you're fucked, mate. You want to get <laughs> we've just spent seventeen million <laughs> pounds. Yeah, yeah that happened. We can't possibly be Bottom of the championship. You, you so, so get some points on the board. Berry spent an absolute shit ton of money. They got relegated, then they spent an even bigger amount of money, um, and then they got done for uh, like financial fair yeah. play. Got put into in administration. They've lost twelve points, and they aren't currently playing any football matches. Mm. So you can spend a lot of money, and things go terribly badly wrong. Yeah. I do Sorry, not, I mean, you know, yeah. I'm sure that won't happen with Reading. I mean, <laughs> I do not think that's the situation. I just think uh, we were a little bit unlucky in those first two games. We're playing decent football. We now have some proper players, which we didn't have last year, and we got some rid of some shit ones. So I think, in general, I'm pretty confident still. But we have got more difficult games coming up because we've got Cardiff next week. So there's no escape from the uh, from the hard games. But I'm pretty confident and I'm very excited about seeing some of these players that, we, that we've signed up actually get integrated in the team. It's very hard to expect these guys to come from abroad, like overnight basically, turn up and, and be amazing and know how well, to play with each other. Well, exactly. I mean, the Championship's a, a challenging uh, uh, league to play in and I'm sure the football will be different to how it's played in Italy or yeah. in, in Portugal or, or wherever these players have come from. Yeah. So it's, as you say, it's unfair to expect them to 
suddenly hit the ground running. And... Yeah, true. But uh, in which case, if you're going to bring in, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, yeah. if you're going to bring in players from, from, from other countries where it's going to take them a while to get up to speed, bring them in earlier. Yes. Because, I mean, that is that is a it's an issue with recruitment if you're bringing in people who need time to gel and not give them time to gel. Well, you're exactly... You're, you're parroting Jose Gomes and his uh, his distaste for our transfer policy over the window. So he was extremely pissed. Right. To the point where I think I mentioned to you uh, that he hadn't been allowed to ha- do any press conferences for about two weeks oh, during yeah. the close season. Yeah. This was because in, in every single press conference that he did, he was just saying... Well, have some. I'll have some players next week. When I've got the players in next week, you'll see what the team's going to look like, and then we'll see where we're going. Uh, and that never happened. And he was constantly bitching about the fact that nothing was happening. So I think he, the, the club, was hamstrung by the fair play thing. They made some deal with the FA or whoever they have to make that deal with to allow us to make the transfers. But all of that, it's like doing your homework. You leave it until the fucking last second. Of course you do. <laughs> and then the night before, you're like, shit, I've got, to, I've got to find the FIFA, I've got to find the FA guy and get the FIFA fair play released. Was it that the deal was made? or was it that there was a certain date by which point we just don't I don't know the, the, the FFP thing is a, is a fucking mystery as far as I'm concerned yeah. the general public seems to have no idea of how it actually works so I don't I don't know they do talk about it being like you said based on periods and there are like periods within which you're allowed to spend and periods where you have to produce the profit information all that stuff so wasn't it based on the last three years I think yes that's that's the case it's like so, a rolling three years i believe so so for example if we spent 10 million uh in the, in the 12 months three years ago and then another 10 million uh 24 months ago yeah and then another million uh, 10 million uh 12 months ago that would be 30 million over that period yes and if that's over the amount that we were allowed, four point six million loss maximum or something. Well, it's based on it's based on turnover, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like a percentage of turnover. Yeah, so that's what they said is something like we've got to do four point something million. Okay, but it's all it's all a bit of a fucking mystery to be honest. I don't. So know, how I don't have we suddenly been able to spend? Well, exactly, million. I don't know. <laughs> but th- but obviously something happened, and all of a sudden, some yeah. you know money was being spent. So it's all very strange. I don't really understand it. But I, all I hope. Is that, is that they know what they're doing mm. because as much as it's great signing all these players, we don't want to be in that situation that, that Barry's in in a year's time. Yeah, or Bolton. Exactly. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to say that the, the, the people in charge um, who are kind of monitoring it and giving permission for transfers to go ahead know what they're doing mm. and, uh, and, and are clever enough to say, well, actually, no, that wouldn't be... Yeah. Uh, but they haven't got a fucking clue. This is it. Um, because if they um, were doing that, you wouldn't see clubs in this problem. Yeah, and surely. You, I mean, like, 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 you know, they Barry wouldn't have a guy who runs a failing asset stripping company <laughs> uh, as as, his, as the chairman. Yeah. So, yeah. And, 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 yeah, I mean, that's... that's I'm not even going to go into that. That's got even more complicated, no. the Barry situation. I, I think they're going to be booted out. Yeah, it's possible. Be booted out. It's not looking good. I is think it? we've seen the end of them. Mm. That is very bad. And we and, and so well, there's already talk about you know the the, the local community coming up with new clubs, right? I mean, my my, my friends made a very important point, and this is you know it's, it's an extremely self not important point, but it's an extremely selfish uh, a view on the whole thing. But um, we've we've paid for for 23 home matches, and if they take a team out of the league. We're only getting twenty-two home matches. Oh yeah! And now who's who's going to reimburse us for that? Because, Barry. 
Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got the money. Yeah. Um, but no, but it's silly. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's a fair I, point. It's a fair it's point. A I'm fair not. Point. I, I'm not going to be that bothered by it, to be honest with you. I, I Would they reduce the number of relegation places if that happened? Um, I don't know how they how they would or do would it. Barry it just effectively each week lose points? I don't know how it would work. No, I mean I think they would just they 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 well they, this is the way it worked when Chester were removed from the league, um, but this was non-league, so I'm yeah. just, it, it might well be different in the football league. Um, they they had already played games at that point, but their records were completely sponged um, and expunged, expunged, yeah, sponged, cleaned off, um, and. Um, yeah, and we just played. We played a fewer game, and one game fewer. And I think they just reduced the number of relegations. Um, so we had the same number of teams coming up. So you weren't mm. denying anybody a promotion, but it was just one fewer relegation, which yeah. is um, which is probably the the fairest way of doing it. Um, but yeah, so um, right. Well, we need yeah. to rattle on. Uh, we're going to take a very quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about some very, very important issues relating to the world—not just of league football, but of football entirely. Football. Gone about var this, var that. I give them all the help they need, because clearly they cost us two points a day. It's a joke. It is a joke, Charlie. <laughs> He's absolutely right. So we are now into the very first season of English football where video-assisted referee decisions are being made in all matches. It's gone pretty well, don't you think? (laughs) It's an absolute disaster. Uh, It's quite incredible. Before before we actually get into the actual discussion today, so I was listening on Five Live uh, just ahead of the, the Friday night game, which was Liverpool... Palace was it? No, Liverpool somewhere. Norwich. 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 Yes. Norwich. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, the chap on Five Live was was given all this um, big big talk of oh the Premier League have really th- sat down and thought about this, um, and the referee they're doing this really good thing. So the 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 referee will be in total constant contact with the people in the uh, the VAR suite in which I think is on the moon. Yeah. Um and <laughs> they're, they're in the shoe cupboard. Yeah. And um so he's in constant contact with with those guys. Um and the idea of that is that there's because there's a dialogue, there's a dialogue going on. Oh. Um and it will reduce the need for pauses in the game and they said the referee will only trot over to the little screen at the side of the thing for you know for extreme yeah. examples Catch but the, the, his, the plan is to kind of get players. these things all dealt with kind of behind the scenes so you're not really seeing them happening and it's it's going to be great you know and, and the the implication was all these foreigners right <laughs> having a crack at VAR and they've been crap but when England get hold of it yeah. we're going to do a cracking job you're not even going to notice aren't we the greatest country in the world yeah um, what and happened so yeah. I don't know they I haven't fu- watched they, it. They, oh, hello. Hello, message. Is that, is that me? Yeah, I think so. They fucked it. They fucked it? Yeah, they absolutely fucked it. That's what happened. What? So, uh, just a quick point, which is semi-related to that. Um, I've, I, I get the feeling there's, there's something going on with the mainstream media. I think, I feel like they've been told to be positive about VAR and not be critical of it. Because every... every Every show or or football game that I've seen so far that has had VAR, everyone seems to be very positive about it, and they're not highlighting. Well, they're a, they're, they're the apologists, neg- aren't they? They're trying desperately to minimise the negative impact of what's going on. It's so obvious on. that it's not gone well. I and, have and look, I have that- a theory as to why they're doing that. 
Um, go on, you carry finish your point. John. Well, that was basically it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so my theory is, my theory is, is, is um, for a start, like particularly Sky, hmm. Sky love VAR, right? VAR is Sky Sports being integrated mm. into the actual game itself. Yeah. The only thing Sky Sports can do is show video replays of football and talk about football. They have now got their video replays actually inserted into the fucking game, right? Yeah. So it's it's part of the complete takeover. Um, and that's why TV pundits and people like that like VAR because it gives them shit to talk about. Yeah. It gives yeah. it, it, it kind of justifies their existence. Um, and, and one of the other issues, and I, I banged on about this and I've lost friends over this stuff before, but it's because they're not fucking football fans. Yeah. Because... They, they are they, they are people there who just want to watch the spectacle. They just want to watch the drama. And VAR creates artificial drama, right? On that, the telly. Yeah, on the telly. It's non-football mm. drama. It's non-footballing yeah. drama. It is some. It's this kind of made-up, additional, stick-it-on-the-side drama. And it's not football. That isn't what I go to football for. So this is exactly it. And this was... This is what was so frustrating. It wasn't. It wasn't actually the Liverpool game. It was the one on Saturday. I can't remember who it was. City, anyway. City against uh, one of the somebody else. Somebody rubbish. else. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Anyway, so it was a game. It was a game with Manchester City, a team that's already better than everyone else, right? Yeah. And then you had this referee or refereeing team that were keen to use the technology as it became available, right? And so as the game went on, it was clear that every decision, we were going to have to wait for VAR for every single decision. And that there were some moments where the flow of the game was entirely stopped. And there were there were points where, especially at half-time, where they had a technical failure, where we waited eight minutes or something for them to fix a technical error before we could even kick off... And the game is already disjointed enough, and then we have this problem, and the referees are all laughing and joking with each other like it's a big fucking bit of fun. And I was like, if you're in the stadium right now, this is a fucking joke. Yeah. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. And then well, we get we, a we, couple of very, 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 very bad decisions that, that make no sense whatsoever. So talk you through the one that pissed me off the most, which was the one I sent you the picture of, Andy, yeah. which you didn't read to it. <laughs> So they there is there is a goal that is scored a pass is made which goes through the defense on the left hand side of the box to, to Raheem Sterling Sterling crosses the ball and Gabriel Jesus unmarked in the middle taps into an empty net right so the goal is given by the referee obviously he gives the goal we run back to the halfway line and then it goes to VAR so it goes to the VAR video and the players are all discussing with each other what's going on there's a sign in the crowd that just says VAR decision pending or whatever right and that's only because they have a screen in the stadium if they didn't have a screen yeah. they wouldn't have seen that I did notice actually at the Man United game today that a lady comes over on the tannoy and says VAR decision pending Christ. and you have to wait for that <laughs> fucking bollocks anyway so they go to the thing and then because we're on the telly, right, because I'm sitting on the sofa, we then get the shot. So we get the shot. F shut up. We get the shot. <laughs> it's not even my phone. It's the computer. I can't stop it. Uh, <laughs> so we then get the line, and the line basically shows the two players absolutely in line with each other. Yeah. Completely in line with each yeah. other. And then there is a line drawn, I'm assuming by a person, right, 
on a bit of software, a line drawn from the shoulder of each player yeah. down mm-hmm. and then a line of that colour yeah. across. The two lines are fucking right next to each other. Yeah. The red one being very, very slightly more advanced, that's Raheem Sterling's shoulder and the goal is... Is is disallowed? I right? can't. I can't believe they they counted that as offside. It's absolutely ridiculous. There are two things that are fucking mental about this. Number one, the offside rule does not exist to to, to disallow that goal. That is not why the offside no. rule is there. No. Number two, the reason the offside rule is there is actually to stop Gabriel Jesus doing what he's doing, which is running two yards offside to avoid being marked so that when he comes back into being onside, because all of a sudden now yeah. he's active, he's unmarked and taps into an empty yeah. net. If we were playing by the actual offside rule... It would be Jesus ruled offside, yeah. not Sterling, who was then wrongly ruled offside. And it's fucking madness. It is madness. The uh, what 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 makes me what it made me laugh. I mean, honestly, I laughed my ass off at this. Right. So the line, um, and I can't I can't remember which way around it was, but the the right. Let's say the line for Sterling is red, yeah. and the line for the defender is blue. Yeah. Right. And and then they kind of go down to the ground, and they are so close as, as their kind of horizontal line on the pitch that the line is fucking purple. <laughs> I mean, the line yeah, is fucking yeah, purple, yeah, yeah. and it's got this tiny, 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 yeah. tiny sliver of red. Right, and so I've got two things with that. There is absolutely. I mean, it's like we're talking like a centimeter, Less, right? Yeah, yeah. And there is no. I, and, and I'm looking. There's no fucking way that software is that accurate. No, absolutely no, no, no way no, is that software no. that accurate in cricket. They have when it's quite close. They have umpires cool because they they're exactly saying, they're empowering the, the officials because on the they're field, saying right? they're, they're, there's an element of prediction there yeah. um and so we're we're not 100 percent. let's go with the umpire yeah we're not really sure about how accurate the technology is there so they go with the umpire and that's what they should be doing there that is way too close that software ridiculous drawing its line from the vertical and then you know and yeah. also who's choosing where his shoulder stops stops and his exactly because yeah. it's where you can sc- you know the part of your body you can score from yeah correct so somebody in a room there is marked that yeah like it's 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 very absolute hogwash and madness there is no fucking way that sterling was getting any kind of advantage there i mean Abs- you know who was getting an advantage gabriel jesus, jesus. <laughs> but, but, but it frustrates me because everyone's saying well it's te- te- technically correct it might be technically, yeah but yeah. in a i'd actually have i have it's I the best dis- kind of correct i dispute whether or not it was actually technically correct i don't think that software can do that in that no, kind of situation no. in, uh, in my opinion what should have happened in that case is the referee should have overruled it because mm. it's not it's not a clear enough decision but he'd be... already made the call. The, the linesman hadn't flagged it offside. Well, no, but the, the the thing with that is that they're told not to flag if it's a. If oh it's my a god, very... yeah. what is happening to that, football? That, that is that, and, and honestly, that is the most criminal thing in the it's world. Terrible, because yeah. that 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 decision to say um, to linesmen don't flag dodgy ones. Yeah. Um, because because we'll, we'll, we'd rather go, a goal goes in and we can disallow it than a potentially good goal gets flagged in the in the the game stops. Well, it's not. But, 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 but it, well, that is it, though, isn't it? It's because if if they put the flag up and that decision is wrong, 
then uh, then what what's going to happen is that certain players might stop playing, or you know, it's going to influence but the, influence. I would the game I would so rather that happens from time to time yeah. than every single fucking game. Yeah. Fans are jumping up and down and then having their celebrations curtailed to the point where fans can no longer celebrate goals because they the goal goes in, then they have to wait or or the yeah. or that those moments. So you guys had that moment. It, it was at Ipswich. Ipswich yeah. Like that moment, yeah. you're barreling down the stadium. There are fans jumping. Yeah. On top of you, you're, you're wiping out old ladies who are down on the floor, and it's all chaos. And it's, yeah. it's the most, it's what makes going to football the most amazing thing in the yes. world. Those moments will be curtailed, they will be they will be reduced because in the back of your head, you're always going to be sat there thinking, yeah. Is there going to be an offside call or a VAR so, on this? So, just yeah. a, a, a quick aside to this um, I went to the Women's World Cup in France uh, in the summer, yeah. And I watched the uh, was it the second round match um, Cameroon against England. Yep. Uh, which I, I could talk oh, about. Oh no! Of course. Minutes. I remember it was a, an absolute disgrace, and Cameroon nearly walked off the field. Yeah. Uh, on a couple of an occasions, so they 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 were they were uh, they felt victimised due to VAR essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there were. I agree. There it was, was a joke. Well, to quote Charlie Austin, there were two decisions uh, made by the referee in the second half where she went against the the VAR call, yeah, because she thought that if she if she gave the the decision against Cameroon again, yeah, then they were basically yeah. going to walk yeah. off the pitch. What a mess! And I, I know that's a very extreme example. But I think you have to maintain, or the referee has to maintain the final decision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and my point about the Sterling decision was that it wasn't; it was too close to call. Yeah. It was just too close, and the referee and should have said, "Look, no, that's too close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the." The, goal. the yeah. problem was, and and you were right talking about what the media said about this, because when this this Sterling thing was happening live on the telly, everyone watching that, I'm sure. To a to a man, Man City fan or Norwich fan or whoever it was, watching that game will have been like, "That's bollocks." Everyone watching it would have been, "Well, this is madness." But then, it, then you go back to the comms and the commentator's like, "Well, made, you know, made the right decision. is working because we've got the right decision." Yeah. It's like, I do not give a solitary shit. Yeah. I would rather my team has to give away five goals a season, which are highly controversial. Then we ruin the sport yeah, and maintain the integrity of those moments that make football is what it is. And this is the problem when you've got neutrals talking about it because neutrals are just there for the theatre yeah. of the thing. They're not yeah. there for that raw emotion of diving down the the, the terrace and 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 as a result, that's why they. Because cause they, they're, they're bloody statisticians. statisticians. Yeah, yeah, they, they're yeah. saying, oh, well, we've got, right, I'll just get my ruler out. There we yeah, go. We've got a technically good, correct. I, I'm, I can, we can walk away from that game think, feeling comfortable that there was a good 73% technical correctness <laughs> of the decisions. <laughs> to, and, to, and one of the points that the guy on the, that was talking about it on Five Live said is that one, it's going to be great because it's going to rule out the kind of the big obvious howlers but there there aren't actually that many of those uh, in there's football very, there's very very few there are very few absolute howlers you get the old we had a frank lampard ghost goal it was about 10 years ago yeah <laughs> and, but, but that's dealt with brilliantly because that that is an absolute thing yeah, right and that's exactly. the goal line technology is magnificent it's, it's objective um but the but but if it was only doing that 
you know, if it was only being used and it was only getting rid of the stupidly obvious, like, cataclysmically terrible yeah. decisions, then fine. But it's not. It's being used for fucking everything no. all of the time, and it's going to ruin the game. So one last thing, because we've run we've run long, but it is a very highly emotive uh, discussion. Um, so there was a penalty VAR thing as well. Now, I have a big bone of contention with two things. One is the use of VAR in general. And number two is the new rule about goalkeepers not being able to leave their line for a penalty kick. Now, I was just going to hand, just very quickly. Yeah. That isn't a new rule. Goalkeepers were never allowed okay, to move It's a newly enforced rule. So they've, they've cha- and they've changed the wording of the rule. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah very. You, you are technically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Can we var that? <laughs> so what this means now is that goalkeepers who already obviously very very much uh, uh, hamstrung by in a penalty scenario right they they have a much smaller chance of saving the penalty than the striker does of scoring it so we then give them this extra thing now where they're not allowed to come off the line in, a, in an attempt to save it now we all know that every goalkeeper does come off the line and they even if they've been told not to it's very hard not to so all of the ones that I've seen so far Every penalty that's happened under VAR, the keeper has come off the line in the traditional way they have. They take a little step forward and then they dive. Now, um, Man City player took the penalty. The keeper made a save. It was a really bad pen as well. The keeper didn't have to do very much to save it. So the penalty was saved. And then you couldn't celebrate the penalty save for more than a second because the ref's like, oh, there's VAR there because he saved it. He saved the penalty. So we should VAR just to be sure. So they VAR it and they see that his foot's off the line. Oh, we've got to retake this pen. They retake the pen. Sergio Aguero now, having played a really fucking shit penalty, he's like, I better fucking leather this one. So then he gets his head down, smashes it into the back of the net. Goal. Everyone's happy, runs away. When you watch the replay, the keeper came off the line again, right? So if the if the reason that he went back and retook the penalty is because the keeper came off the line, regardless of what happens with the shot, they should retake the penalty. Mm-hmm. Because the rule has been broken, you go back and you take the penalty. But that is not what they're doing. What they're doing is every time a penalty is saved, they're going to review it, they'll see the guys come off the line and they will make the penalty be retaken. And so I think this season will be the first season in which we see zero penalties saved by a goalkeeper in the Premier League. And I want to know if I can put a bet on that. Because I can't imagine a scenario where a penalty is saved and they review the VAR and the goalie hasn't got a foot off the line. Paddy, Paddy Power will do it for you. I'm sure. I hope so. The um, the, the I'm going to wheel wheel this back several several years. Um, because goalkeepers were never allowed to come forward off their line, and that's that is that's fact, right? They've changed the wording. They've made it much more specific now. Um, but you were never allowed to come off the line, and that's why you have, and one of the two reasons why you have the linesman goes and stands yeah. on the goal line, right? Mm. One of his jobs is to do that, and it just has never been enforced. And occasionally, you get the odd referee yeah. who who does this, and then goalkeepers are confused. Yeah. They're confused because they don't understand. Well, because I do this all the time. Why are you suddenly stopping me doing it now? And it's and we've got to a situation now where goalkeepers dive forwards. Yeah. They run forwards and they dive forwards because that massively cuts down the angle yeah, absolutely. For, the, for the striker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 this wouldn't be a problem if they had been enforcing that rule properly over the course of the last 10 years or so, or 15 yeah. years. And so it, it's, it's, it's a situation where we've got this kind of ridiculously over cumbersome and ruinous bloody methods to to, to, to fix a to problem this, yeah. that they should have been fixing previously similar another example of this and 
is the uh, is dissent dissent with the referees at the moment? They are expanding a trial for sin binning people okay. um, for ten minutes if they show dissent to the referee. Um, so that's now being um, they've tried they trialed it with a with some uh, lower seriously lower league football, yeah. and it's been rolled out to a higher um, okay. le- level. Um, and and weirdly basically to the highest level of women's football because right, apparently okay. you can experiment with the highest level of women's football but you can't experiment <laughs> with the highest level of men's which yeah. is fucking ridiculous yeah. um but yeah so they but, but that is because of the dissent thing because mm. um it, and again it's a thing where they they've had the tools to deal with dissent forever yeah and just referees just let, let players get worse and worse and worse and worse and to the point that they're now having to create new elements of the game new refereeing tools to deal with problems that they should have been dealing with already yeah well the whole thing's going to fucking hell in a handcart uh, right we have to go john because we're just about to hit the hour i know you were you were poised give us your point are you, you're poised to make a, well, I don't, a, a piece I don't, of solid gold analysis well i don't even think the keeper the keeper jumping off the line is even that much of a, an issue like keepers pretty much all keepers do it but it's mm. not like they're jumping a meter in front of their line it's like exactly. a fraction well i think the, the the i think the issue is you do sometimes see goalkeepers who do the old bouncy around thing yeah, yeah. and they've done two or three jumps forward before the ball has struck mm. and, and sometimes you do get it where they're basically out of the six yard box you're right it's that's not the i think the odds are stacked so heavily against the goalkeeper but give them the benefit of the doubt it's true mm. but the trouble is you have to word the rule somehow yeah. otherwise the second the referee blows the whistle, the goalkeeper's going to come running out and lie down yeah, in front sure. of the ball. But that being the case, if and I'm happy to enforce that law, but if you do enforce the law, you should enforce it whether the whether the whether the say, whether the penalty is saved or not, mm. because yeah. because yeah, yeah, because then the keeper's yeah. going to stay on his fucking line, um, and maybe what keeper should should do is is stand back from the line, then jump onto the line. They're not allowed the, to do that now. The, the, the change rule. they can't do that either. The change. Well, for fuck's sake, just take the goalie out and let the player roll <laughs> it into an empty net. Right, that is the end of the. Problem. Podcast, uh, Andy's been an absolute pleasure. Just one final point: oh, <laughs> a solution to this. Yeah, get rid of penalties and change them to the uh, the ice hockey halfway run line, the halfway yes. line striker Ooh. against the goalkeeper. Yes, yes, very, very good. Like I, it. Th- that's been that's been discussed before, hasn't it? I'm sure. It, I'm I sure have it a has. feeling they trialed it even at some point because I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, rings a bell. Yeah. Anyway, right. Or you could add a goal. Or you could add a couple of defenders in and a couple of strikers. Or what you could do is you could have a ninety-minute football match. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. So bye. Uh, dear. Yeah. Right. I'll see. You. We'll see you later. What does, what does Charlie say? Hey, give them all the help they need because clearly it cost us two points a day. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Right. We will see you uh, next week on the Worldy Podcast. You can find us on uh, Worldy Pod at uh, gmail.com or you can go WorldyPod on Twitter and all those other things um, and when you uh, do that you can also go onto Twitter and you can find Johnny Biscuits that's me and you can listen to his other podcast the Tin of Ginger Biscuits yeah you can we talk about chocolate and stuff yeah exactly it's awesome John do you want to pimp anything out while we're on the uh, thing here no I'm good no, oh. <laughs> he's a private man with private <laughs> thoughts until he's on the podcast so we'd love uh, to thank you and we'll be back again with uh, more hot chat <laughs> <laughs>